show t-row headed to the airport for his flight to orlando luckily they are not flying southwest so they should make it parker thune smart too he had booked with another airline so i think i think parker made it all right last night as well uh welcome back everybody tj with you and the t-row in the morning show this hour brought to you by rk black okay uh last hour a couple of you texting about the mike gundy thing as this happened late last night after their loss to Wisconsin. And this was, I believe, the last question of the press conference. As the question's kind of uh, low here, but I think, uh, I think you can be able to, you'll be able to make it out. But if not, uh, he's asked basically if there will be any staff changes after what, was been, uh, what has been a disappointing season. So this is the exchange. <laughs> so there you go. He's not mad about the game. He just doesn't like ignorance. Um, I can see both sides of this. One, it's probably not the place to ask the question. He's got two athletes there next to him. It's a question he's not going to answer. You've probably had uh, a, a time throughout the week, regardless of whether they won or lost that bowl, with uh, practice availability and stuff that you could have said, hey, do you anticipate any staff changes this year where he would have been in a different environment? But it was also... Mike's got to realize, okay, you're not going to answer the question. Just simply say that. Just say no comment. But Mike has to go Mike Gundy and make a scene out of it. And so I see both sides of this. It's a question that he's not going to answer. But simply just say no comment and move on. Like I say, I have no comment at this time. I'll evaluate my staff as I do after every season. And, uh... We're here to talk about today's game. What, however you want to answer that. <laughs> I do like, if you can find the video, go back and watch the video because Mike uh, signals his SID like, you with me on this? Like, uh, cut that guy out. <laughs> Take away his credential, which probably is not going to happen. Uh, let's go to Sean. He's on line one. What's going on, Sean? Well, good morning, TJ. Uh, now, it's, it's always funny because I'm sure he was caught off guard because you're not supposed to ask them. At Oklahoma State pertinent questions. He wants to talk about 
what kind of pretzels he likes with his yogurt. <laughs> something he can so get you're not, a silly answer to or something. You're not supposed right, to ask the hard-hitting, is someone going to be fired question. Right. I mean, that's the questions you get asked these days. They want to be a relevant program with the brand that he's talked about. That's, I mean, you know, he read that How to Win Friends and Influence People book about six, seven years ago over the off season. And I think he took the wrong message from it completely. But anyway, but no, that's, they're not. And, and, you know, as we were talking off air, I'll guarantee you they got dominated by a slow Wisconsin team with a guy making his first start. Say what you want about Wrangell. He's played and they got dominated. It wasn't a heroic comeback. It wasn't a, I mean, their speed kept them in the game, kept them from getting beat about 49 to 7. But they got dominated, and he looked like he didn't care. You know me, though, the question I wanted to ask, TJ, but none of them have the courage to ask. What's that? Why do you tuck your hoodie in your pants? Who does that? <laughs> this has bugged you for years, and every time it's I see it. him, I do think of you because of – I don't understand. Well, I don't. I don't know either. It's – I don't know if I've ever seen another person ever anywhere tuck in a hoodie. Like ever, he, ever, ever. ever. And I don't know. Maybe he's been asked, and I've just never seen the answer. There's well, got to be a who, reason why he does it that maybe would make sense to me if he answered it, but I don't know. I can't, I can't explain well, who, why he tucks in the hoodie. Who, who tucks in a crew neck sweatshirt? Same thing, but if there's somebody out there in the vast and ever-growing K-Rex listing audience, that also tucks their hoodie in their pants, please text or call and let us know that Mike's not alone. And as I leave you, TJ, uh, they don't need to worry. The team that that fan base cares the most about plays Thursday. So, I'm, you know, it's, it's no skin off their nose that they got beat. But anyway, I, but, you know, back to the original deal, I just, he's not used to getting asked questions like that. And so they get defensive. Well, the one thing about that question, too, that I'll kind of defend him on is I I realize the the reporter's point. Hey, it's my job. I've got to ask the question. Has that question in the history of sports ever been answered? Has there ever been a coach, a GM, whoever it is at any level that has said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely making changes and I'll definitely be firing some guys in the coming days. Uh, I won't reveal who that is yet, but uh, you know nobody's ever going to say they're firing their defensive coordinator, their offensive co- whoever it may be on their staff. Even though most that follow the team or even cover the team or fan base probably knows there's going to be a change made here. But no, I, so I don't know why it has to be asked. Is what I guess I'm getting to. Like, why does it have to be well, asked? Because it's never been answered. No, ever. but well, it's it's answered with we're going to look at we're going to look at all facets of this program. This wasn't acceptable. I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to look at my assistants. We're going to look at our off season. So, as a uh, fan of OU, right. like, do you need that answer? Do you need that boxed answer? Like, do you need that no. asked? No. No, I think no, because if they're, I mean, I don't know why we have these media things anyway. If their lips are moving, they're lying. <laughs> well, so a I don't lot know. of the I mean, time, but that's true. if you're, but if you're going to have them, don't get upset when you get asked a question. How many? Hard question. Brent did get asked hard questions, and he answers them in a eloquent way. How many hard questions did Mike Gundy? They lost to their supposed biggest rival, and in his Monday presser, 
They're talking about eating yogurt pretzels and drinking beer with salt. Right. And they're yucking it up with him. No, he deflects. Like, he either deflects with humor or, in that right. situation, he he throws fits and acts like, you're the idiot because my team lost. And right. then throws out the line of, I'm not mad we lost the game. I just don't like ignorance. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. There's no reason to attack that guy. He's just there for the free meal. So, anyway... <laughs> If anybody out there can get to the bottom of the great hoodie debate, I would I would, I would be much appreciated. Anyway, right, thanks, DJ. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. Like, if someone could think of a time where that's actually been answered, please remind me. But it gets asked a lot. It gets asked a lot, especially uh, in the pro level, NFL. Uh, coaches will get asked that a lot, or GMs will get asked that a lot. I don't know that it's ever been answered with a yes. Yes, there will be firings. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line. If it's about the families, he will never fire anyone ever because it's about the families. That's correct. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, some of the responses to uh, Mike Gundy. <laughs> I don't have the sound drop. Toby normally plays that. What kind of question is that, Phil? Well, that's the thing. Answer it like that. What kind of question is that? You know I can't answer that. No comment. And then it's over. You don't say I'm cutting you. I'm cutting you out. Don't be an ass. <laughs> I tuck my hoodie, athletic hoodies, in when I golf. I don't know why. I just do it. Not a full blown cotton hoodie, though. Well, if you're talking about, are you talking about like the thin ones that are just kind of have the collar and the quarter zip? I can see that. I'm talking about, like, he's pretty much got the full-on pockets-in-front hoodie tucked into his pants. I think that's what Sean's talking about there. He's not talking about the more uh, thin, quarter-zip type of hoodie um, that you can have in golf and some of that. I kind of get that. (laughs) As a competitor, shouldn't you be angry or upset when you lose? When you're Mike Gundy, no. Let's all be honest here. Mike Gundy is not there for the wins and losses anymore at this point in his career. Mike Gundy's there to cash checks and make uh, make that money and survive another couple of years until he gets through a couple of more paychecks. I don't know that he gets too worked up over wins and losses anymore. That's just how I feel about Mike Gundy. Um, TJ, how do you feel... About OU at 4.30 and the Dallas Cowboys at 7 tomorrow. Has this ever happened before? I don't know when it would have. It would have had to have happened on a bowl game at some point when the NFL goes to those Saturday schedules. I don't remember it ever happening. I'm fine with it. Um... I won't watch the beginning of the Cowboy game. I'll finish out the uh, OU game, and that'll be over by 7.30, 7.45, depending on if it kicks on time or if we get delayed a little bit like some of the bowl games did yesterday uh, by 10 or 15 minutes. But, yeah, I'll miss you know a little bit of the beginning of the game, then you just flip over uh, to the Dallas Cowboys game. So I don't believe that's ever happened before, and if it has, I don't know when or what the scenario would have been. I don't remember it happening. So, but yeah, I mean, the majority of the OU game will be over. If you're a bigger 
Cowboy fan, then just flip over to that game. You, you'll be towards the end of the OU game. You can flip over to that if that's what you choose, or do as I just said, finish out the OU game, and then, or start uh, watch the OU game on your television. And uh, it's Amazon Prime on the Cowboys, right? So you just stream that on your phone. Watch both at the same time. Capable of doing that as well. We'll take a time out. Chris Plank's going to join me on the other side. We'll get to more of your texts a little bit later on as well. TJ, flying solo, no T-Row. He's headed to the airport. Back after this on The Ref. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. We're back, T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by RK Blatt. Been in business since 1952. Leading provider of office technology solutions to small and medium-sized businesses across Oklahoma and Kansas. Technology solutions that include copiers, fax, printers, scanners, document management, network solutions, and more. 405-943-9800 or rkblatt.com. It's my pleasure now to welcome in Chris Plank. I guess we can consider this the orthostat crossover. Plank uh, heading to the uh, airport. No Plank today on the Plank Show. So we're going to give you a little taste of uh, Chris Plank right now. Good morning, Plank. It's funny because you you watched, um, was it Eddie Murphy Delirious or Eddie Murphy Raw? Oh, yes. Where he talked about Johnny Carson's wife. He's like, I now, Johnny, we have $250 million and $12 because she did her part. I feel like that's what I'm doing today. It's like I usually have a three-hour show, but hey, I'm going to give TJ 15, 20 minutes, whatever he needs. I'm doing my part. You are doing your the part. Content all around we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Oh, uh, How are you, TJ? How's it going? It's good. It's good. Uh, in the last few minutes, the Mike Gundy uh, last question Great. of his press conference has become uh, the, the story on the text line. What were your thoughts about how that played out? And is it a question that has to be asked? Because my point is, it's never been answered in the history of sports. So why does it need to be asked? So I agree 100%. Number one, if maybe Mike, I, I don't know. I, I kind of dig the I don't give a you-know-what Mike Gundy that we've seen <laughs> over the last few years, right? <laughs> Um, he just doesn't care. He doesn't care anymore and, at this point. If he gets fired, yeah, fine. And, and if not, he's uh, going to survive, he gets another check. He just doesn't care at this point either way. Yeah, and, and let me be clear. I'm not saying that he doesn't care about wins and losses. I, I think he cares about that. He doesn't care how you think about him or, or right. what you think about him or, or how it's how he's perceived because, you know, he, 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 he's set in who he is and what he does. I thought, yes, you're asking a question that's not going to be answered. But a coach can either say, you know, that's an evaluation process. Or maybe this is a guy that for some reason has kind of ticked off Gundy in the past. I, I kind of don't like the whole idea of, of turning to whomever he turned to and was trying to kind of like banish the dude in the middle of it, right? Cut him out. Like, I'm going to cut him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to cut him out. Is he out of here? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. So I think it could have been handled differently. But, again, in that, in that instance, in my mind, like after the game on Sunday, or excuse me, on Thursday, I'm not going to get Dylan Gabriel or Marvin Mims to give me a yes or no about if they're coming back. But if you ask it along the lines of, hey, what's this evaluation process like now for your future? Or what's the next step for what you're going to do going forward? I, I think just saying, do you anticipate any staff changes? I think you're setting yourself up for failure, and I'm not trying to, gosh, man, I've I hate people to do this, so I'm not trying to be like captain journalism here or anything because I'm definitely not that guy. 
But I've, I've been in these situations enough and failed enough to where, like, I've learned from my mistakes. And sure. just saying, hey, do you anticipate staff changes? A, you're not getting an answer, so why even ask it? And B, you know, you, you, you're going to make the coach mad. And I'm not saying you have to make coaches happy. That's not the point. You're just not going to get an answer. So, hey, what's the evalu- we know the evaluation process for players. What's it like for staff? Where do you go from here? Um, are you satisfied with where the offense was throughout the season? You know, these, these types of things are, are ways that maybe you can get to that answer in just, hey, are you making staff changes? Because everyone knows what he's talking about, right? They're talking about Casey Dunn. And I think we all kind of understand Oklahoma State's offense is Oklahoma State's offense. You know, he's not, he's not bringing in someone to run a whole new offense. Right, They're correct. running this offense, and you're going to – you're going to – I mean, Derek Mason's doing it with their defense. So, yeah, I, I, Mike was a little bit prickly on it, and I get it, and, and it could have been asked a little bit better. But it was also, what, TJ, like 1.30 in the morning? So it, <laughs> it's way, way <laughs> past, everyone was just Way tired. past his bedtime. And, and it, he could have said no comment, but it's also right. a little brilliant on Mike's part because he knows – when he goes to that level and uh, causes a scene, then it becomes a story. Suddenly nobody's talking about the loss. They're just talking about if Mike Gundy handled a question at the end of a press conference right or not. Right. So right, you know, exactly. He's still in the news. He's still in the news. People are still talking about him. His name's still out there. So, But I think it comes down to what you started with. He just doesn't care at, the, at this point anymore. <laughs> just whatever. I don't care if you like me or not. I don't care if you're here to cover the team or not. Uh, if, I'm, if I had the power, uh, I'll cut you out of here. So. Yeah. yeah, I stayed up for that whole thing last night. By the way, if, if you want to have some fun, watch that video and watch the reaction of the players. Yeah, the players are the, the players don't crack a smile. They don't. They just <laughs> it just they keep just looking sideways with their eyes, like, oh gosh, where's coach going to oh, go with gosh, this? Here we go. It's like they've been through that. I here's the question that that, that I came away from last night with uh, TJ, and and I'm not trying to over evaluate a bowl game, or I'm not trying to get too carried away with it, but. Did you see a guy in, in Rangel that is gonna be their dude in twenty three? I mean, I I don't know about you and, and, and listen, he made the play that was the highlight play of the of the shovel pass yeah. the guy that was, was around his ankle and he, and he did some nice things. But, you know, kind of kind of on what Sean was talking about, I mean if if anything, I I felt like I saw a team that either A needs to get on the phone and see what Spencer Sanders really wants or needs, and if he wants to come back for another year to try to get him out of the portal or suddenly get very aggressive in going out to get a portal quarterback. Because so far, you know, most of the good ones, or at least we think good ones, are gone. And I just, I mean, I, I don't know how you can compete for a conference championship with Garrett Rangel as your quarterback next year. That was that was painful. No, I the majority of the time, I, I only got to a little before halftime, before I crashed uh, and, and went to sleep, but the majority of the time, there was a lot of, Ooh, and my thought process was, they've got to go find right. somebody. So, no, I'm, yeah. I'm with you 100% on that. There, you know, 14 of 31 last night, he threw the two picks. I mean, he did have the one great play as he's going to the ground and kind of uh, yep. shuffled it forward, but no, that was my thought the whole time was, man, they need to go find somebody, or they're in trouble next year. Yeah, yeah, big, big time. And, you know, I'll, I'll add one more thing. I mean, I, I don't think Oklahoma State fans lost any sleep over losing no, Wisconsin no, in the guaranteed no. rate bowl last night. I don't think anyone's too upset about it. Probably a lot um, of them that didn't I, even stay I, up I, for the end of it. So, I, I was the only one that was sitting there going, oh, ball game, <laughs> let's go. You and Toby. Um, you and Toby. 
Yeah, me, me, me too. And, and the only reason I really did is because I was on the air, of course, right, TJ? So it was it was funny to me because everyone I started seeing on the timeline, where's Gunnar Gundy? Well, he's hurt. You know, he had surgery. So yeah, it's not as if he in, kind of invoked any confidence when whenever he got the opportunity. So, yeah, I think, again, Oklahoma State's got a lot of holes to fill heading into next season. And they didn't need a loss to Wisconsin in the guaranteed rate bowl to magnify that. I, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend who, you know, not, and not to go too in the weeds on some of the guys from last night, but Brock Martin played his last game. And, mm-hmm. you know, his mom and dad are American Airlines workers, and they got kind of caught up in trying. He was going to take up. I think they had a crew of like 20 to 25 people that were heading out to Arizona to, to, to be there for his final bowl game, and only two people got there. Um, so, you know, you, you see, and it was his mom and dad, thankfully. But you see stories like that, and it kind of, you know, it, it makes you feel a little bit better for Oklahoma State. And, oh, okay, you know, Brock Martin, that was a guy that gave a lot to this university, and, and, and good for him. But I'm sorry, the, the positivity over guys like Brock Martin ending their careers last night and, and getting to ride off into sunset was much, much more uh, overshadowed by – they really have some big issues at quarterback <laughs> and running back at the next year. Yeah, <laughs> and like you said, I think that we had seen that leading into the bowl game. So, And I don't know sure. what the Spencer Sanders situation is or if he would even consider uh, staying or not. So that whole ordeal is kind of strange to me. It's strange to me that he's even being mentioned at a place like yeah. Alabama. Hey, so, hey, I have a quick question. One more thing from the guaranteed rate bowl from last night. Because I didn't have the sound up. Was Luke Fickle coaching? Because yeah. I mean he had the head I mean, that was weird heading into the game, it was like, Oh, it's Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard's gonna be the guy for the game and then literally, you know, Brent Venables, I, I think a lot about him and I was watching Coastal Carolina and how they handled bowl games, right? They're standing on the sidelines, they're just kind of observing. I mean, Luke Fickle was right in the middle of it, had the headset on, was doing the halftime interview, was up there where they presented the trophy. I mean, was he calling the shots last night? Because as far as I know, uh, for the most point, part, he was coaching. And I said, I guess I get that if you're, I mean, just jump right in, uh, you know, feet first, and like this is how I do things within a game and kind of get guys used to it. I, I don't know. We, we just haven't seen it before. So it was really yeah. weird. And when I first saw it, I it was one of those double-take things where, I, you know, they <laughs> – that game started, uh, you know, late and everything, and we were flipping back and forth from ESPN two and ESPN and all that. And I, I flip over and I'm like, wait a minute, was he just on the sideline with a headset on? And so it took me a minute to realize what was going on that that you know that he was actually down there and everything. So it, it shocked me, but maybe that was it. That hey, yeah. this gets me the jump start. They kind of know my thought process. Uh, some of the guys that are returning will see how I coach a game and how I'm involved. Or I don't know. I don't know what the thought process there was with him. And, and maybe part of it, too, was he was catapulted into that kind of mindset whenever Jim Leonard said, yeah, I ain't coming back. And, again, Jim Leonard doesn't have to prove anything with Wisconsin's performance in a bowl game. He's going to be one of the hottest commodities mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator in college and maybe pro football right. this offseason. So maybe he just looked at it and said, uh, okay, I better just get in here to help help out Jim because I can tell he's mad. Let's just make sure we do the best we can to come out here and play our best football. But, yeah, I, 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 I had no idea what was going to happen in that game last night. And I'm still, you know, kind of process, trying to process some of it. But I'll say this much. I had so little confidence in what was going to happen, TJ. I had that as my least confident pick. 
and I got it right. Your one point pick. It was, it was my one point pick, and it was funny because I just happened to check because uh, East Carolina was like my number, like they they my number one highest confidence. What is it? Forty two was Houston, and they hit. East Carolina was my third, so I was kind of following it. After that Wisconsin game, and I got it right, I actually dropped in the standings. So that kind of shows you how many people might have believed in Wisconsin. Hey, I'm in like, I'm 13 and 9, have a winning record, and I'm in like 650th place, so because I don't change my (laughs) confidence level. (laughs) It's a slow build. It's a slow build. Well, hey, man, appreciate you jumping in. Uh, Have a safe flight. You guys be careful uh, traveling to Orlando, and uh, we'll get full shows from you and Toby. Uh, out there tomorrow morning, I guess. Yeah, and then shout-outs to all the Sooner fans who have had to adjust on the fly. I was, uh, I spent a little bit too much time on Facebook this morning. I saw uh, friends of ours, uh, Kelly Lyons, that they all had their Southwest Airlines yeah, flight, and boom, yeah. they got canceled. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So I know Sooner Nation is scrambling, but it's going to be fun. TJ, I'm excited about tomorrow, and I appreciate you still finding time for me, man. All right, man, appreciate you jumping in. Have a safe flight. Hey, all right, see you, man. Chris Plank crossover brought to you by Orthostat there as uh, he heads to the airport and uh, gets ready. Yeah, a lot of Sooner fans that I've seen on social media and then a few that have texted into this show. Uh, bowl trip canceled. Thanks to uh, the disaster that is going on with the uh, flights right now, especially with Southwest. Take a timeout. On the other side, Toby visited with uh, Jeff Calhane. Uh, Colhane, uh, the play-by-play voice of Florida State. So we'll hear that interview coming up next right here on The Ref. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Jeff Colhane joins us live now. The voice of the Seminoles all the way from Tallahassee. I don't know. Maybe he's in Orlando already. Jeff, good morning. How are you today? Doing good, Toby. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays in Orlando. Got here last night and uh, looking for a little chilly down here. They're a little, we're a little surprised with the uh, the cold air that's come uh, made its way down into central Florida. But uh, looking forward to a great game on Thursday with the Sooners and should be uh, solid weather by then. How's year one as voice of the Seminoles going for you? It's been amazing. You know, it's been fantastic. Um you know, the, the people in Tallahassee are just uh, second to none. Um, you know, they they remind me of folks in the Midwest, um, well, you know, all around the, the, the central, the heartland, um, you know, the prairie, and that part of the country with how they treat you and so welcoming. And, you know, you know for your listeners, uh, replacing uh, a guy by the name of Gene Deckerhoff, who I'm sure you've talked about and, and mentioned on your show, a uh, number of times uh, he and his family have been uh, fantastic to me as well uh, in uh, transitioning and you know he's <laughs> Gene had called Florida State football since 1979 wow. and Florida State men's basketball uh, since the early 1970s and so long time big change for the ears of uh, of, of Knowles fans here in the, the Sunshine State and around the country as well but uh, it has been an absolute uh, blast and a dream come true. There's no question. And it was a great season for Florida State, 9-3, and three, uh, hot down the stretch, winning their last five in a row. What came together for this team and this program this year? Yeah, I think it was just time, Toby. You know, Mike Norvell comes in at a really difficult time during COVID uh, back in the 2020 season, and 
you know, talking with Coach, he would tell us how he just he never really got an opportunity to get his, you know, his hands on this football program because you weren't allowed to. And you didn't get your strength coaches around your guys because you weren't allowed to. And so, I mean, think about taking over a Fortune 500 company that had been coming off of a handful of years of, you know, let's be honest, some poor management and some bad seasons. And then doing it during COVID, I mean, it's a near impossible task. It's not going to happen right away. And we're in the business of college football and college athletics where, you know, patience isn't really a virtue, right, of, uh, of people. They want to see the microwave mentality. They want to see things turned around immediately and right now. So it took a couple of years. And, you know, I think towards the end of 2021 of last season, you started to see some of those steps taken forward with after a really rough start, um, this team was able to get themselves into a place where they could potentially, you know, play in a bowl game. Got beat by Florida at the final game last year in Gainesville and didn't make a bowl. But, you know, this year behind the scenes, you saw this team working in fall camp. Uh, you knew that things were starting to move in the right direction. And um, the culture has taken place. The, the buy-in is real. These guys love playing the game, and they love playing the game together. You got a lot of guys that are that are are, are playing in this ball game that would would not be maybe in different situations and circumstances. And so uh, it's a team that's really really playing well right now. They're really bought in into uh, the mindset and the culture of what Mike Norvell uh, has brought to the table. The central figure of this game may very well be Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis. Tell us what has made Jordan Travis so good this year. Well, he's become the the complete player. You know, a year ago he was a runner. And you go back to when he transferred here from Louisville, and there were a lot of people that didn't know if he would ever play because he just was not capable throwing the football. Uh, He was an athlete, and a great one at that, that was not uh, there. He He wasn't ready to be put into those situations early on in his career. And even a year ago, you know, he was looked upon as, hey, this guy can run it, but but he's got a long way to go. And, man, the work that he put in in the offseason from last year to this year. And I think you also factor in that there's something to be said about knowing that you're the guy and there isn't a big competition or somebody else that is going to potentially take playing time away from you. And he had that all of last year with Mackenzie Milton. Uh, when uh, McKenzie came in and was unbelievable in the Notre Dame game on Labor Day night down at Tallahassee, uh, I mean, Jordan's helmet pops off, and and all of a sudden you have a back-and-forth quarterback competition early in the season. But he's got complete control of the offense. Uh, he's, he's really progressed mentally at the signal caller spot, Toby, and the way he has progressed physically as a passer you know, everybody that saw him last year and two and three years ago and now watches him play currently, they're just blown away by the strides that he has taken. Uh, and his numbers back that up. And the wins, obviously, back that up with some of the plays that he has made in these tight games. Defense was good, especially late in the year. Led the ACC in total defense. What came together on that side of the ball? Well, you know, I think a little bit of that is time as well. Uh, with Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator here at Florida State. You know, uh, you, you go back and you think about some of the lack of success the first season and a half for this defense, 
and then move forward and see what this group has done in the final four of the final five games of the regular season. And, and it's really impressive with the numbers they put out there and, and limiting opportunities and not allowing opposing offenses, specifically you know opposing passing games, to really have uh, any success uh, at all. But you know I, I think what they've done is they've addressed some of the concerns uh, with losing key players along the edge last year. Jermaine Johnson came in for one season. He was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year in a first-round draft pick of the New York Jets. Here, Thomas as well at the other defensive end spot. They were able to bring in Jared Verse from Albany out of the FCS, and Verse has become you know, one of the most feared edge rushers in our conference in the ACC, and there's some conversation that he may leave for the NFL after, after one season again as well. Uh, but they bring in Verse. Uh, they also bring in a guy by the name of Tatum Bethune out of Central Florida who's just a tackling machine and had another great year. And they've developed the returning players around these guys and they played faster. Uh, they, they've added a lot of speed and athleticism uh, back in the secondary. Some of the younger guys have stepped up. Uh, you know, and you got a guy by the name of Jamie Robinson at safety who is an all-ACC first-team performer back-to-back seasons. That hasn't happened around here uh, since 2014-2015 uh, in that area on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, they were able to identify some of their needs and the portal has been kind to them uh, from that regard with bringing in some of the talent that they have, Toby, uh, and then also, you know, uh, developing the depth and the returning players who saw some of the, you know, some of the new guys coming in to realize, hey, I better figure it out and get it going or I'm not going to be playing a whole lot. And they've done a nice job of mixing that all together. Jeff Colhane, play-by-play voice of the Florida State Seminoles. Last question, we'll let you go, Jeff. Uh, we live in a day and age where it's odd uh, you could be playing in the Cotton Bowl and a team doesn't really give a rip about it if it's uh, not a college football playoff game. You could be playing in the Hawaii Bowl and it's the it's the biggest thing that's happened in a long time. What is the feeling of Florida State fans and as best you can tell of this football team and program anticipation-wise for this game are they into it are they excited about it is it the cheese it bowl and they don't really care what what is the <laughs> feeling of seminole nation about this game well toby there there are plenty of cheese it's around here that's for sure you will not Good. have to bring Save a, a family some. size yes. box yeah so that don't, don't worry about that with the snack bag uh, when you come down here to orlando but but no this this program this fan base they are excited you know this has been a place where they're trying to get back to you know to a a level that Oklahoma has been at right the success that the Sooners have had here this last decade plus that's where Florida State wants to go uh, they want to take it back to the Bobby Bowden era uh, when Coach Bowden had this thing rolling and he had top four finishes and and national championships and national title games that's where this program wants to go. Uh, that's where its athletic director, Michael Alford, expects it to go, and that's, of course, where Mike Norvell uh, is, expects it and is building it, uh, climbing it to go with uh, the play on the field. Uh, this is the first bowl game since 2019, and in that 2019 bowl game, you had an interim head coach in Odell Hagens. Uh, this is the, the first opportunity for Florida State to get to double-digit wins since 2016, and so... It's a team that is hungry to play this game. They want to play this game, and obviously they want to win this game uh, in a big-time way. Uh, And Mike Norvell, as the head coach here in his first bowl game, 
leading Florida State. He wants to leave a positive stamp and impression uh, on this season and certainly on the fan base as well. So it's a team that is fired up. Uh, they're excited to play. They're, they're happy to be here. Uh, it's it's a, you know, a short drive down the road from Tallahassee, about three and a half, four hours. So it's easy for Florida State fans to get to Orlando from around the state. And so expecting you know, quite a few fans in the, in the Garden and Gold here in Orlando at Camping World Stadium on Thursday night and a football team that will be ready to guess? play it. What's your guess What's on that? how many fans? What's your guess on how many Florida State fans will be there? Florida State fans, I would say at least 30,000. At least 30. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be more than us. I'm going to tell you right yep. now. Yeah. I, would, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hey, Jeff, you're the best, man. Thank you very much. I can't wait to see you down there again and uh, hold down the fort in Cheese Atlanta until I get there. You got it. I'll save you a couple of bags. They won't run out. And uh, Merry Christmas, Toby, to you, your family, and obviously to everybody around Sooner Nation. Appreciate you having me on. That is uh, Jeff Colhane, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Florida State Seminoles. He'll be on the call tomorrow night. Um all the, that interview, all the rest of the interviews on the podcast page. If you miss any of the uh, shows or interviews like that, Bob Stoops on Tuesday with the Rush, you can go find it. KREF.com, search the podcast page. You can find all that right there. Never miss anything if you're out and about. Take a time out. One last segment with me, TJ in. No Toby. He is on a flight with a uh, Mickey Mouse luggage tag on his way to Orlando. Back after this. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by R.K. Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. Back on the T-Row in the Morning Show, one more segment with me. Toby on his way to Orlando. He'll be on for the full show from Orlando tomorrow. So regular T-Row in the morning show tomorrow. Sorry he had to bell a little early today. Disappointing uh, many of you out there. Uh, Chris Plank also on that flight. So he will not be in today. Uh, Josh and Connor coming up next to cover cover the uh, Plank show. And then um, the afternoon, uh, Travis and Tyler will handle the rush. Mike Steely will be in in his normal spot. Parker Thune already in Orlando We'll join him a little bit later on this afternoon. A few of your texts here on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This text says, uh, that was a great response from Gundy. The reporter said he didn't expect him to answer, but he had to ask it. Maybe that's the kind of response that will keep the reporters from asking useless questions that won't get answered. I'd rather hear the tuck question. I'm with you on that. Why do you tuck in your sweatshirt? There are a lot of texts on here saying a lot of high school coaches do that. I'm wondering if that was the Mike Gundy influence. If they got with him and said, what's the purpose behind this? And he gave a, a solid reason. And then high school coaches said, I'm going to do it. Someone else said, uh, Harbaugh tucks in his hoodie. Uh, his is not a hoodie. He tucks in the sweatshirt. The the like the regular crew neck sweatshirt. Which I th- think is a odd look as well. Um, the hoodie though is even more strange though because it's got the pockets in the front. It's it's made to be wore outside the waistband. So that's the question we want ans- uh, answered, Mike Gundy. Not about whether you're going to fire coaches. Uh, TJ, this is some of the cheesiest radio you've ever done. <laughs> I can't read that one about the cheese at executive. Uh, someone did uh, hit me up off the air and on Twitter saying, brilliant move. 
he's got everyone talking about Cheez-Its now, so no way he loses his job. Good point, because otherwise I'd be mentioning the bowl game and that they were the sponsor, but we wouldn't be having a discussion over Cheez-Its and whether you can say Cheez-Its or not. So, and this Chuck says it's the same thing. I think it's pretty smart. Look at all the free Cheez-It talk. Uh, good point. Maybe that was his... Uh, <laughs> that was his agenda all along. Uh, Pop-Tart pastries. Yeah, they're Pop-Tarts. Twinkie strudels. <laughs> no, there's no Twinkie strudels. Oh, man. Let's see what else we got here. A couple more before we get out of here. Seems like the marketing guy is responsible for having cheeses talked about non-stop uh, stop around the country. He should be requesting a raise. All right, I'll back off. He doesn't need fired. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. He's got the world talking about Cheez-Its. Much like Mike Gundy has covered the fact that his team lost and has everyone talking about a rant that he goes on in the post-game interview on whether uh, it's proper to ask if coaches should be fired or not. That's going to do it for me. Josh and Connor coming up next. Appreciate the text. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.